0: quick before i get into the message today um i think 252 the weekend is seven weeks away we have about 200 men signed up already so i'm i'm excited about that we probably had last year at this point maybe 50 men signed up so i know it's going to be awesome and uh it really is an amazing time to champion other men I think one of the things you'll find in our church, if you're new to this church, you'll actually find the men in our church are here to champion you, We're not here to compete against one another. We're here to complete one another, champion one another, to become what they're meant to be in Christ Jesus. Doesn't that sound good? I want to mention to you quickly that um, our Believe and Build uh, campaign, we had committed um, Coming up, we had a night or a morning where we committed as a church. I just want to thank the generosity of this church, man. We have an extremely, extremely generous church. But through everyone's giving, we have committed uh, for this year eight hundred and thirty over eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So can we put our hands together for that? It's amazing. And real quick if you didn't know in the foyer today chris actually mentioned it uh how many appreciate chris by the way man i always love your word it's so uh encouraging it's just the goodness of god man i feel stirred to believe for more when you speak on giving and um uh, transform the planet is here it'll be in the foyer you can get it today uh, lots of people got it last week if i could hand myself anything in my 20s my wife the holy ghost and this planner beer. And I'm telling you what good things that happen. It'll complement all that we're doing as a church to build strong men. It'll confront you. It'll challenge you. It's literally a high performance planner. And uh, if you want to suck, just don't get it. But if you want your life to get better, how I many know? Uh, that took a moment for humor to kick in. Like, what? Uh, anyway, come on. Are you ready for the word? Come on. Are you ready for the word? Let's go. All uh, right, Matthew 26. Matthew 26 says this, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his hand as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not always have. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached. Someone say wherever. Wherever Wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world. Someone say whole world whole world what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her come on let's pray together father i thank you for every man i thank you for every woman within the sound of my voice those who would watch online those who listen later i thank you though especially for every person sitting in a chair right now father i need your help they need your help holy spirit i welcome you in these moments right now lord i declare Lord, over this place, as we've prayed for years, I declare champions rising. I declare faith being born. I declare, Lord, leaders of homes and leaders of business and leaders of government. Lord, I declare a move of God in this place. I declare, Lord, God it doesn't stay here, but it goes all over the place. Lord, in Jesus' name, we are a church alive. So pour out your spirit. We cannot do it, but you can. So Lord, help us, our hearts be in the position so that, so that you might work, I pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, Jesus speak to my heart, speak to my heart change, my life. change my life by Your grace. By Your grace, I can become, I can become. All, you desire. all You desire. Speak to me today. Speak to me today. Build, my life Build my life through Your Word, through your, word. Your, mighty name, I pray. In your mighty name. I pray. Come on, church alive! Let's give the Lord a hand one more time. Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Praise God. Hey, grab your seat. Thank you, worship team. Do you appreciate the worship team? Have you thought much about the difference sometimes between our culture and the culture that Jesus lived in, even from a technology perspective? There was no cars. There was no phones. There was no internet. There was no Wi-Fi. No newspapers. Um, no reporters as we know them today, they would literally show up to a village and an orator would speak and people would have to basically gather and listen and really you knew very little of anything going on around you except within your community unless government leaders kind of decided that you would know things. The access to information today is, is unbelievable compared to what they had. Um... Jesus says this in Matthew 26, and we just read the scripture. He says, wherever, someone say wherever. Wherever Wherever this gospel goes, he says, this story will be told in honor of her. Can I be honest with you for a moment that this story is unusual to go around the world? It's in a tiny little room of 20 people. It's in a place where there really was no technology for that story to spread. And yet Jesus tells us that wherever the gospel goes, people will be telling this story of a woman who poured this extravagant oil, extravagant perfume on him. Wherever the gospel goes, he says, this story is going to go with her. 2,000 years later, guess what? He was right. And you look at that moment and go, how, how did you know that this story is going to go around the world, Jesus? And I think he would say this to you, because I am the truth. Um, we are not very good at predicting the future. If we were, we'd invest differently, wouldn't we? Um, did you know, I found this interesting recently, Before Netflix became Netflix, they approached Blockbuster to be bought out. And here's what Blockbuster said. Streaming will never take on. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're the Blockbuster executives, don't you want to just kick yourself right in the tush and go, you earned it. We had the chance to own Netflix. Now, young people today, they don't even know what Blockbuster is. You mean you had to get in your car, <laughs> go to a store, walk around a store, just to choose a DVD? Yes, sir, we did. In 1903, the president of Michigan Savings Bank warned Henry Ford's lawyer that the horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty. Said it's a fad. How many of you have even ridden a horse? Maybe a third of you? Giddy up, let's go. (laughs) Thomas Edison, the genius, couldn't get everything right. He said this, the baby of the 21st century will be rocked in a steel cradle. His father will sit in a steel chair at a steel dining table. He thought steel was the future. Uh, A reporter in the 1950s said all women will be six feet tall by the year 2000. Some men are still waiting for that one, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) A lawyer friend, smart guy Winston Churchill thought by 2030, just in seven years, men would live to 150 and their prime would be 120. The average age of death in America is 76. We are not very good at knowing what is going to happen within a week, let alone 300 years. But from from now, but Christ's statements stand true 2,000 years later. I'm going to go through some of the statements of Jesus and all you can conclude is He is the truth. Matthew 24 verse 1 says this, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and His disciples came up to show Him the buildings of the temple. I want you to see this picture of the temple real quick. Just see um, the temple of Solomon So they're gathered around the temple, they're hanging with Jesus and they're pointing out the significance of the buildings like Jesus, look at all this and so forth. And Jesus begins to tell them this. He says, do you see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now you've got to understand, this was the center of Jewish life. This was the place they worshipped, this was the place they were taught, this was the place that if you were the who's who, you hung out in this place, if you're a government leader, priesthood leader, you spent time here, and and for Jesus to predict that this would happen would be like you and me walking into New York City and predicting that not one building would be there, and not even rubble, because here's what Jesus actually says, he says, what? Notice the specificity of his prophecy. He says, not one stone shall be left. Do you hear that? Not one stone. Why did that happen? 33 AD, Christ ascends to heaven, gives the great commission. Historians tell us just 37 years later, 70 AD, Rome comes in. And they literally decimate Israel and they burn the temple. The temple made of so much gold that when they burn the temple, the gold melts, goes flowing down into the stones. And what do people do? They're not dumb. They start pulling the stones, every single one of them, because it was filled with gold and not one stone was remaining. Do you hear that? Let me go on a little further. Watch this now. Matthew 27, verse 24. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, this is the crucifixion of Christ, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Now watch what the children of Israel and the Israelites and Pharisees and Sadducees say. They say this, and all the people answered them and said, his blood be on us and on our children. What did they just do? They literally cursed their lives and Rome came in and fulfilled their words and actually decimate Israel. Watch this now for the next 1800 years. Now I want you to see a very specific prophecy that Jesus gives in Luke chapter 21 speaking about the end. He says this, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. What is Trampled as a nation means you are no more. Trampled as a nation means there's nothing left. If your nation is trampled, it is literally decimated beyond repair and nothing happens. But then he says this interesting line. He says, it'll be trampled by the Gentiles. So he has to speak uh, prophetically of who's going to do it. And then he says this, until the times of Gentiles are fulfilled. What's this now on the historical... um, playbook of, of history Jerusalem and Israel is no more for 1850 to 1900 years from this point point. and then in 1948 suddenly out of nowhere Israel rises again and is literally declared a nation in May 14th 1948 in one day the nation of Israel comes back this has never happened in the history of the world and Jesus said, they'd be trampled, and then they'd come back. Come on. Come on. Oh, I'm preaching. Yes,
1: Better than you're shouting.
0: <laughs> Are you with me? Now, now, I get it, because it takes a while to cerebrally digest some of this. In fact, you've you, you know, you got to get it in here before you heart can shout. And yeah. shout. Yeah. So some of you hearing this for the first time, like, But I just want you to see that how do you explain that? I think Jesus would explain it like because I'm the truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Let's keep going. Who came to think today? Yeah. Okay. Some of you are like, no, not today. All right, good. All right, let's continue on. Now, as he sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, obviously concerned that they, he literally told them This temple will be gone. So he's like, they ask him the question, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many, someone say many. Many Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. You hear of wars and rumors of wars. Check, check. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, check. Kingdom against kingdom, check. There'll be famines, check. Pestilences, what is a pestilence? Have you heard of the bubonic plague? Have you heard of COVID-19? Okay, that's a pestilence. Okay, let's keep going. And earthquakes in various places. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. I tell you this not to scare you, but just to show you that if you look at the course of the last 2,000 years, Jesus just is continuing to say what's going to happen. According to Christianity Today in 2022, just last year, more than 5,600 Christians were killed for their faith. Last year, more than 2,100 churches were attacked or closed. More than 124,000 Christians were forcibly displaced from their homes because of their faith and almost 15,000 became refugees. Sub-Saharan Africa, the epicenter of global Christianity, is now also the epicenter of violence against Christians as Islamist extremism has spread beyond Nigeria. And North Korea is back at number one, according to the 2023 Watch World List. In other words, it is the worst place to be a Christian. This is why when sometimes you hear people talk about communism and they hate communism and things that are extreme socialism... Um, understand why that whenever a communist movement has come on come onto the scene literally Christians are normally the number one place that gets attacked through the history of mankind whenever you can't say free speech the free speech of the church in that nation uh, is then um, taken away and its leaders are put in prison how many want that for America no thank you let's keep on moving on then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, I believe speaking of multiple world religions, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. What's lawlessness? It's the rejection of the law of God in uh, Chicago recently, I was watching this on social media, Walmart's having to close three stores. They're closing three stores because if you go into Walmart, literally there's been so much theft. People are running into the stores, taking stuff out and there's little consequence for it. So they're encouraging and cultivating a lawless environment. But what happens in a lawless environment, the love of most grows cold. If you see, young people recently were running all over Chicago and were literally just ruining cars and shops and so forth. And it's a lawless spirit. And when that happens, actually love of most grows cold because they lose hope, lose hope in humanity. Does that make sense? But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And then he says this. And this gospel. Someone said Gospel. And this gospel, the good news of Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, that's the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in how much of the world? In all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. This gospel, the message of Jesus, has it gone to the ends of the earth? Has it gone to the ends of the earth? Can you trust Jesus' words? How do you describe that when there's no cars, no internet, no phone, no Wi Fi? That would be one thing for me to say I'm going to put Church Alive all over the world. Well, that's because we got YouTube. And it can go all over the world. But 2,000 years ago, to say it's going to go all over the world when all you got is. Come on, Tonton, let's go. <laughs> when all you have got's a horse and a donkey and a ship. Do you know how long it used to take to, to get to Australia? Six weeks by boat. And I still have people coming up to me. Oh, Pastor Randy, I hear that flight's long. <laughs> you mean the 24 hours where they feed you and you watch movies, you can't handle that? Like, nah, I could never be still that long. Try six weeks. On a boat, not sure you're going to make it. (laughs) We need some people to get a little tougher, don't we? How did he know this? I am the truth. He says this, Matthew 22. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We all know this one. It's called the golden rule. Parents, you would tell your youngster, treat someone as you want them to be what? Treated. Treated. We kind of know this. This is engraved in our culture is actually the second commandment of Jesus. Here's what's interesting. We can't do it. Because Jesus is not just a philosopher telling us, this is the way you should go. He's not just a teacher saying, this is the way to go. He says, no, you can't do this unless you come to me. I am the way. Think about for a moment how different our society would simply be if we just loved our neighbor. Let me go through just a couple of things where literally everyday life would be completely different if we simply loved our neighbor. You don't need a security system in your home. Why? No one's trying to steal stuff from you. You don't need passwords on your computer, on your phone. You don't need to lock your doors. You can leave your door open at night as long as it's not winter time. You don't need a gun, knife, or bat under your bed if someone's to break in and be crazy because no one's breaking in. They're coming in and the reason they're coming in is to encourage you. Hi, I just wanna wake you up at three in the morning. Just tell you, you're an amazing person. You, you're, you're the best. I like you, people like you. There's, there's no divorce, because I've never met a divorced couple like, She's too loving! He's so loving, I just can't handle it! I want a divorce, I want to find someone who hates me! <laughs> there's no sexual immorality, because you don't want to take things that don't belong to you. There's no stealing, there's no murder, there's no hatred of anyone. Doesn't matter if they're different from you, there's no, I think middle school, high school, there's no bullying. I didn't even know what teachers would do. (laughs) You probably wouldn't need many teachers because you want to learn. You would trust people. No one would betray you. No one would hurt you. No one would talk gossip about you. I mean, it's a completely different world. Here's what's so interesting about the great commandment. To love one another. Again, we all know to do it. But we actually don't just need teaching on it. We actually need the I am behind it. When Jesus says in John fourteen six, he says, I am the way. And I am the truth. And I am the life. He's saying, you can't do the way unless you're attached to the I am. And you can't know the truth unless you're attached to the great I am. And you won't have life flowing in you because you're attached to the great I am. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus says I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life I was recently at a restaurant and someone pointed out like hey you see that guy over there I'm like yeah he's like he's the mafia he's the top of the mafia in town I was like great <laughs> should we leave now or in a couple of minutes yeah maybe he'll come to Jesus I don't know but anyway, sometimes when you meet someone that you know has been attached to criminal activity and just really bad things or drug dealing and so forth, for some reason, when you look at them, there's like a darkness about them. It's almost like you see it in their eyes. There's a heaviness about their demeanor, their, their uh, persona. There's a heaviness about them. But you would think if you got to do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it, you'd be the happiest person. But it's the opposite. If you do whatever you want all the time, you actually find that it doesn't fulfill you. And if you do whatever you want all the time, you actually become a selfish, ugly person, to be really honest. And you actually need to be challenged on what you do regularly. Because here's what's interesting. What we thought would bring us life doesn't bring us life. It brings us death. One of the, I think the great people in our church is this guy Dan. He's 83 years old, and he's just a, just an amazing man. He's really great. I think of people like him. I think of people like my mother who've walked with Jesus a long time. And you'll actually notice as you get around them, there's like this light in their eyes. Yeah. Their demeanor's a bit different. They're not heavy. They're not bitter at life. They're not like <laughs> not just whining. Negativity always reveals inner defeat. Yeah. But they've been walking with Jesus long enough that it's like the sun, the heat has kind of got on them and now it's emanating from them. Yeah. Just yesterday, the last two days, I took some time. There was in my backyard, there's some pavers and, and life happened and the pavers were uneven. And then they, there was something else going on and like, they started dropping. I was like, man, it's like there's a black hole in my, in my backyard. And anyway, I was kind of avoiding it for a while, and then finally I'm like, I'm gonna fix this thing myself, even though I'm not that handy, but I just proved to myself over the last two days, I'm more handy than I think. Wow. Anyway, just uh, just shout out to myself, you know. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. Uh, as I was doing the paving, you know, you I'm gonna pave from sand, and, smoothing and getting the rocks and all stuff. I'm like, you know, nice sunny day, take the shirt off, be a real man, you know. <laughs> and then last night as I was taking my kids somewhere, I'm like, oh man, I might have got a little too much sun. I was feeling the heat in my back. And then I went in the bathroom and I looked, and I was like, dang, I would have fit in at Red Lobster. Like, <laughs> but just the back. Just the back, then you turn right here, it's white. Then one of my kids walks in the bathroom and literally was like, Dad, have you seen your back? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I have. Trying to get a job at Red Lobster. But here's the truth Isn't it interesting that part of my life was reflective and had the sun on it? but then part of my life was still like the sun hadn't touched it. And I just think that's so often our Christian experience. That the part of your life that you've shown Jesus, the part of your life that you've allowed the sun to shine on you, has now actually been affected by Him that people can tell you've been in the sun. But the part of your life that you never allowed Him to shine His light on, now you just kind of like feel like, oh, you need, you need to shine some light on that thing. Isn't that the, the experience of our Christian life? Sometimes you'll actually notice that you will have an amazing week and walk with Jesus, and then, and then you'll actually notice a little bit of ugliness in yourself. You, you kind of go, oh, that's ugly. I didn't realize that's still there. And you actually have to bring the ugly bit to Jesus. Yes, yes. You have to bring the ugly bit to Jesus. Well, that Lord, shine the light on this worship, through the Word, through giving, through serving, through all those kinds of things. I can't encourage you enough to be in a transformed group. Why? Because it doesn't even matter how much word you have, how much you pray, how much you think you don't need it. The way God has set up your life is you need other people who say, do you realize you burn your back? Yeah. And then I needed one of my kids to put aloe vera on my back. Have you ever tried to put aloe vera on your own back? You've got a couple spots here and there, but you don't get it all. And that's the essence of the Christian life. You need other people around you to throw some aloe vera on. Man, you need other people around you. Ladies, you need it. Young people, you need other areas and Christians, healthy Christians that, are, that won't just go there, there, that's the way God made you. No, no, put some aloe vera on that stuff. You're jacked up, man. Let's bring that burnt bit to Jesus and allow Him to heal. And you might have to bring that area of your life to Jesus more than once, more than twice, more than ten times. James 5. Confess your faults. Not one time. To one another. Pray for one another. Why? So that you might be healed. What does it do? It's the aloe vera of your soul. Allow another Christian to put some aloe vera on your life. Coming all across this place. Let's go right. Father, I thank you for every person in this place right now. Holy Spirit, help your sons and your daughters. God, God, there's places in their lives where you've shone. Where you have shone the light of your heat. It's actually produced something magnificent. But there's areas, God, we often hide from you and think it'll be okay. God, I pray for those areas today that you would heal across this church, every man, every woman, every single one. You said in your word, you came to heal the broken heart. I pray for healing in this room right now. You said you set people free. I pray for freedom in this room right now. I pray for people who deal with fear and anxiousness. I pray for people that deal with self-righteousness and pride. I pray for whatever, whatever area of their life, They're dealing with things. Lord, I lift them up to you. They are your sons and they are your daughters. And I I pray right now, Lord, I I spoke a message, but I pray that you would minister to them. And I pray you'd pour a fresh oil on areas that are strong but, but are weak over minds and hearts right now. Your people, we need you. Marriages need you. Single people need you. God, every person, they need you. Someone watching online today, the Lord's going to heal some things in your world. Let a fresh oil flow to every person watching online right now. Let a fresh oil flow over someone's faith that's been dead and dormant, I pray. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus. All across this place, want to take a quick moment and just lead you to a moment of just telling the Lord I need your presence to walk in the way the truth and the life I need you a daily dependence on the great I am I need you all across this place just tell the Lord Lord help me rely on you every day not just today or tomorrow every day help me rely on you so that your life can flow out of my life thank you Lord thank you Lord you see every heart asking for your help thank you Lord thank you Lord there's some people in this place right now and maybe a friend brought you and You may not have grown up christian it doesn't matter grown up catholic doesn't matter grown up non-religious it doesn't matter the god of heaven invaded earth 2000 years ago stepped into humanity broken humanity lived a perfect life taught cast out demons healed the sick prophesied the future died on a cross rose from the dead he stands and sits at the right hand of the father he sent his spirit the Spirit woos people and convicts people and draws people to Him. Holy Spirit, help people see Jesus in this moment. All across this place, all across this place, maybe you don't know Jesus, and you want to say, Pastor Anthony, I need to pray that prayer with you to be right with God today. Let's pray this prayer together as a church. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me when I didn't love you I turned to you today I trust in you today I want to be a child of God fill me with your spirit awaken faith help me walk with you for the rest of my days thank you Jesus for loving me eyes closed all across this place right now.